Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick continues the second message in the two-part Finishing the Game series. This message is entitled Finishing Strong, and is taken from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. This series was taught at the Trinity Church of God Men's Conference in Winchester, Kentucky. On the last broadcast, Brother Rick brought us two of three lessons that Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 is trying to teach us, including three levels of focus. Then he shared with us the first of two principles that we need to understand to live a life of focus and significance. He concluded the session by asking Pastor Billy Keller to come forward and read Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. On this broadcast, Brother Rick teaches us the second principle and asks Pastor Billy once again to read Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. Then he shares with us four words we need to adopt to live our life of significance. He uses these four words to show us what a balanced life looks like, including three ways that we can know if these things are present in our lives. He concludes the session by giving us a heart test, some serious questions to evaluate our motives. And now, here's Brother Rick. Evidence I offer to you for the statement I'm making. Now, Brother Rick, why is that important? Because if you think that the gospel was created for you, then you become the center of everything. Why is a church selfish? Because they think the gospel's about them. They think church is about them. They even think heaven's about them. So they say the stuff like, well, they surely ought to be fishing in heaven and golfing in heaven because God knows I love to golf and fish and heaven wouldn't be heaven if I wasn't. Heaven ain't about you! Heaven's about him. So you see that that one concept change in your mind will change you from being selfish to being selfless. It'll also change why you live, move, and have your being if you understand that it's about Him and not about you. So that means before the hammer of creation ever hit the anvil of time, God had a plan. Wasn't an afterthought after Adam and Eve sinned. Adam and Eve were just pointing to the eternal purpose of God by everything they did. Abraham was pointing to the eternal purpose of God. Do you understand God had a purpose before the foundation of the earth? The gospel was not an afterthought. The gospel was a forethought. Brother Rick, is that important? That is very, 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 very important. Because if you were created with a purpose in mind, unless you fulfill that purpose, friend, you will never be eternally significant. Principle two, are you buckled? All things will be judged in relationship to God's eternal purpose. What is God's eternal purpose? What did he see at the end before the beginning? Because the Bible tells us in Isaiah 46 that I saw the end before the beginning. Amen? So let's look in Revelation 7, 9. Can you, 
I want you to get a grasp at the eternal spotlight of God, what God is focusing on. You want to look through God's gun? How many of you a while ago just kind of had an inkling inside you wanted to look through that scope like I was looking through it? You ever do that? Would you like to look through God's scope? Would you like to see what he's seeing? God's got an eternal scope today, Robert. He's looking from eternity past to eternity future. He's focused on something. Would you like to know what God's focused on? Would you like to know what God's paying attention to instead of what everybody in your community is paying attention to? Would you like to know what God thinks about your life instead of what everybody else thinks about? Would you like God's commentary on how you're doing? Revelation 7, 9. Can you read this? Here's what God's interested in. Here's what he's up to. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man can number, of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. What is God's eternal purpose? To secure eternal worshipers from every kindred, tribe, and tongue. Let's hold on one second. Let me show you something. I'm going to give you guys a scope. I'm going to give you four words that I encourage you to write down. Because unless you adopt these four words as the way you're going to live your life, I can assure you that in eternity, you will hear the words insignificant. How many of you don't want to hear insignificant come from God's lips? That you lived and breathed and suck air and took up space and there was no significant reason for your existence. What are the four words? Glad you asked. Number one, the word master. Unless you have in one quadrant of your scope God as the center of your life, then your life will be irrelevant. So draw a circle, make a crosshair, and in one quadrant put the word master. In the next quadrant, put the word message. Because the master put everything in a message called the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> so if the gospel is not valuable to me, and God's not the center of my life, how many of you realize it don't really make any difference what you think about me, and what everybody in the community thinks about me, and how much my family sings my praises, and how much money I gather, and how much property I own, and how, what kind of car I drive, and God ain't going to take that in the tally sheet. It was I the center of your life. Was the gospel the most valuable thing in your life? Let me give you another word. The word ministry. Ministry. And then I'm going to give you the fourth word. And it's the word mission. Let's say them together, can we? Master. Message. Ministry. Mission. Let's say it again. Master. Message. Ministry. Mission. This one thing I do, Paul said, here's my eternal focus. Paul said it this way, I am willing to leave success for significance. He talks about, I'm a Pharisee among the Pharisees, touching the law and blameless. Hebrew of the Hebrews. From the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised the eighth day. And all of Philippians 3, all the way up to verse 10. You know what he complimentates that statement with? I count all of that as dung. Why? That I may know him. 
the power of his message. The fellowship of his suffering. That I may have significance. I'm willing to give you success. Are you willing this morning to lay down all the successful trappings that this life has to offer you? To be significant eternally. I don't know about you, but that convicts me greatly. Because, see, I thought the gospel was about me, so I kind of have become the center of my life. And I live my life for myself because I thought it was all about me. I thought heaven was about me. I thought everything was about me, Brother Bill. I thought God was about me. I didn't realize I was about God. And suddenly when that changed and I realized I was created for the gospel, the gospel wasn't created for me. And then I realized that God had an eternal purpose before the hammer of creation ever hit the anvil of time and, and that I was just been born into something that was ongoing. <laughs> and God was giving me a gun. And here a minute. And inside this scope and rifle was one bullet called Rick. And I got one shot called life to hit an eternal target. Let's draw it out with that scope right there. And if I miss that target, there's nothing else to hear but insignificant. See, I thought that he would bless just anything I was doing that was good. Because I thought it was about me. What I come to realize is I got one bullet. It's called Rick. He's done draw the scope. You're on the firing range right now. You're living your life, shooting it towards something. Wouldn't it be awful to live your whole life climbing a ladder only to find out it's propped against the wrong wall? And to stand before an eternal God, James, that says, I tried to get you on my page. I've been convicted, guys. And if you get a hold of this, you will too. Let's take them one by one, can we? Here's what a balanced life looks like. Master has got to be God-centered. Your life has got to be God-centered. I'm not talking about on Sunday. Everybody gets God-centered on Sunday. I'm talking about Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'm talking about every second of every minute of every hour of every day. God has got to be the center of your life. Why? Because it's about the Father and His eternal purpose. It ain't about Rick and his little thing. It ain't God bless my mess. It ain't trying to get God to come over here and bless what you're doing. It's leaving what you're doing and putting your hand to what God's already blessing. You want the blessing of God? Change scopes. Make Him your master. How do I know? Whether those things are there. There's three indicators. Worship, prayer, and fasting. See, it's about God's purpose. Now, I want to give you a test. Can I give you a heart test this morning? Can I do a little EKG on you before we go any farther? Well, Brother Rick, I don't think my life is centered around myself. Well, let me just ask you a question. Have you ever worshipped, fasted, and prayed without some objective that you were trying to attain from God? How many times you fasted and prayed just to know Him? 
thing I realized at all that I thought was fasting and prayer was nothing more than a hunger tantrum by a little spoiled breath that thought it was all about him. <laughs> that was trying to get from God things that I thought I could starve him out of, Brother Ben. It wasn't that I could know him. Do you realize the church in Antioch was fasting and praying? Not because they was wanting something from God. They just wanted God. <laughs> How many times have you just fasted and prayed because you wanted Him? Not anything from Him. That lets you know whether it's been self-centered and self-serving. Anybody feeling a little conviction sweeping your way? Let's go another one. How about the message? The message has got to be a grace content because it's about the Son and His finished work. See, again, I've been guilty because I've been wanting a deeper revelation. How many of you guys want a deeper revelation? Can't get up and teach about Jesus and Him living a sinless life and being crucified and buried and raised from the dead and ascending to the Father because we live in America, the information capital of the world, and we've got to have something deeper than Jesus and Him crucified. Ain't nobody going to gather in a church in America to hear about Jesus and Him crucified. i got to have something deeper than that. Tickle my ears, Brother Rick, with a deeper revelation to Jesus and Him crucified. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitfullife.org. Thanks for listening.